Pre-roll time. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Inked Marketing and the Inked Marketing Crowdfunder comic of this here episode belongs to Spicy Pulp number five now on Kickstarter and already with over 450 backers and well beyond its 100% funding mark. Spicy Pulp number five. Oh yeah, but Justin Gray, you may recognize Justin Gray from Marvel books and DC books and Image books and IDW books and Dark Horse books. The dude's done some stuff. Well, he's back for the fifth time with Lady Redbeard to unleash hell. Since we last saw her, she was battling shapeshifters and zombie dinosaurs. Now, she and her salty crew, uh, they've been unleashing legendary mayhem and have run afoul of the Emperor of Space. She's been breaking the laws of physics... Uh, which lands her in a temporal prison full of crazed inmates. Yep, this time around, Lady Redbeard will be illustrated by Rui Silveira. Nice. Oh, he's the animator on Netflix's Super Drag. Sweet. With colors by Thago Brando. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we all know that because Justin Gray's been on the podcast. Yep, yep. So back this book on Kickstarter. Just go to Kickstarter, search Lady Redbeard. And there you go, a proud comic of a proud sponsor that is Inked Marketing. Age of Radio. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Oh, well, hello again, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 281. The 281st episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner, and the creator that I cornered on this here episode is none other than the incredible Jason Inman. Um, If you follow DC Access at all, or follow DC All uh, DC All Access, then you know his face. You know his face, you know the guy talks to creators, just like I do, but only he gets to do it with all fancy cameras and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that Warner Brothers budget, baby. So, uh, yeah, but he's got, he makes comics too, guys. He did, he, he did a children's comic called Jupiter Jet, and then um, now he's got a Kickstarter comic now happening on Kickstarter. Um, super best friends. So he comes on the show to talk about all that, and we talk about everything, man. I mean, it's hard to just talk about the the, the thing when we're two people that love this industry so much. So it goes, it diverts a couple of times for sure. We we go on and on about smart people and <laughs> smart comic book characters and smart creators, and this is this is really really a great episode. So. Um, without further ado, I bring to you the um, incredible Jason Inman. All right, Jason Inman, how are you, sir? I'm I'm good, Brian Wayne. <laughs> I thought we were doing full, I thought we were doing full names. <laughs> well, I mean, full full names when it comes to announcing. 
you know, people like yourself. You know, see, uh, coming well, from you. somebody, uh, I'm a. You, you you hold one of the most enviable positions somebody in my position could ever uh, could really ever hold. I mean, I have held, you know, and uh, you, you you get to talk to uh, you do this you did the same type of thing that I love doing and continue to do, and you love talking to the people that make the things that we love to absorb, and um, you, you you've you've talked to the best. You've 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 done amazing things, man. Uh, I've uh, an an inspiration for sure. It's, it's, I, I want to. I can't stress that enough. As a, a fellow podcaster in a in a seat that, you know, you, you've you've talked to people that are, they're on my uh, golden goat list. You know, I mean, oh, I, the golden I, goat I, list. Yeah, yeah, golden <laughs> goat list. That's what it's going to be called right now. Those are just the first things that came to mind. So, but that's oh, that's good. a that's it's copyrighted right here. It's a golden goat list. <laughs> but um, I, like uh, you know, white whale. I guess those would be the proper colors in uh, uh animals. <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> um, we can have a name for this uh, this award by the time we get to the end, like the the white elephant or the uh, the golden beaver. No, that maybe, not that one. maybe not that no, one. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably it, not It sounded good Sorry. for a second. Strike and then, that uh, one. Yep, yep, say the yep, golden yep. spider. <laughs> the golden spider's pretty rad. That yeah. sounds that sounds uh, metal as hell. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, the, the fact is is that, you know, I mean, from one creator to another, I, w- I want to start out by saying, you know, thanks for doing what you've done. And, uh, yeah, you've, you've given me something to aspire to for sure. But oh, then thank you. you've gone on to do awesome things beyond that as well, and that's... Go on and create the things, man. And uh, you, 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 you've done some some awesome stuff for sure, Jupiter Jet. I I, I see it. You know, here's the deal. You uh, I, I actually today's Wednesday, so of course I was at the shop today, and I, I knew that shop? I was getting rid of uh, <clears throat> Mile High Comics. You might have heard of it. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it's that little tiny shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little hole in the wall basement shop. Yeah, yeah. But um no I I, I remember uh, last week I was in there and um, I'm always looking for for stuff for my my uh, my six year old and uh, I remember seeing Jupiter Jet and I thought you know what I'm, 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 I, 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 where do I know that name from some I I couldn't connect it to I for some reason your name knowing that you were coming up in the email didn't connect so even didn't with all I was the J's. Uh, too many J's, man. Too many J's. Uh, actually, just the right amount of J's. Um, <laughs> so I go back today, and sure as hell, man, Jupiter Jets sold out off the shelf. So, oh, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so bummer for me. Congratulations to you. Um, selling out at the world's largest comic book store. Um, oh, that's pretty good. It's nice to hear that Mile High has it. Uh, that's like one oh, yeah. of those luminary mount rushmore type comic book shop so if they if they you know decided to click yes in the diamond previews for jupiter jet then that's a that's a that's a great seal of approval yeah man well i can um i i know that they're they're pretty keen on action lab for sure uh spencer and Locke put action lab on their radar Mm -hmm. so um everything they do obviously this isn't danger zone no, um, no. But still, Action Lab Entertainment. It's you know same umbrella. So because of that, you know, I uh, yeah, no, they they are all about Action Lab books, and they've really expanded their young adult reader section too. Um, it's it's actually doubled in size in their store. The, well, the that's, amount of content they carry. That's good. In. That's that's the biggest growing group of comic book readers ever. I mean, it's of just readers. Like if you can't capture the young kids, then eventually you know, the whole market's just going to die out because we're going to age out of it. We're all going to, you know, so you constantly got to be like grabbing those kids. I saw a great book 
that came out this week, Flashbacks, the one that DC put out. And as soon as I saw the cover for that, I was like, that is genius. That is like the best book to give to like kids under five. Because I assume by the time you're five, you've heard of The Flash. And then you look at this cover and then you convince the parents because the whole book is we're going to teach you flash facts about these heroes. It's, it's something very similar that we attempted to do with, with science, the elements of dark energy, which was our, our second Ringo nominated all ages book that I co-wrote with Ashley Victoria Robinson. Um, it was the second book we did after Jupiter jet before we did Jupiter jet in the forgotten radio, which is a sequel. And it was, it was kind of hard to write, right? Cause we, it was very similar to flashbacks because every five or six pages, we had this character called stat which is the scientific and technical assistant teacher of the school because it's about a super school. Science is basically about think about it's it's like except for magic, it's like it's like Hogwarts except there isn't magic, it's all about science and it's about the Prometheus Institute. And we had to like really wrap our brains around writing this thing because every 6 pages we had to have the robots give you real science. I actually read a rocket fuel manual that was published by NASA five years ago to be able to write that book. That is how insane in the, the amount of research we had to do. Well, see, that, that, I, I'm glad you bring that up because I often find myself when I'm reading very, you know, technical, scientific, you know, dilemma situations, and then they come out of the, you know, like, let's just take Tony Stark for instance. You're reading sure. Iron Man. And then um, the way he figures out to get out of it, you're like, it's genius. And you wonder, like, how, how do they, how, do, you know, it's not, this isn't just a, a cartoon writing itself here. This obviously came from a smart person's brain. Mm -hmm. How do they, how are they able to, to know the creators like yourself are actually going through and reading textbooks to be able to, to, to come up with these, you know, very scientifically accurate, um, you know, type of dilemmas and situations and solutions and, well, and that's um, all part of the tone, right? Like, because you know, for something like science, we wanted to make sure that the that the science the science in the book is very science fictiony, but like the facts are very real. And same with Jupiter Jet, it's just like this is science fantasy, so we can basically do whatever we want, and, and you know, and and there is some times to be inspired by research, and then there are some times to just be like, well, what would James Bond do here? What would Bond? What would be the Bond gadget that would solve the problem? And you know, write your you write your way to, towards that. But yeah, like a book like Iron Man, I would say needs to be about fifty fifty. Like whoever is you know, Christopher Cantwell is writing that book right now, and mm. he's doing a really great job, and he's a great writer. And um, you always want to balance it with like it should be fifty percent actually based in real engineering, and then fifty percent of it should be what is the weird gadget that might be around in ten years. Right. Because, you know, Tony's a futurist, so he should always be a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, you know, and Star Trek, I think, should be that same way. But, it, you know, when you're writing something like Star Wars, which is complete fantasy, I'd just be like, whatever you want, throw whatever in there. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no ex being able to explain away anything in Star Wars. Yeah. But that, that, that's that's what I love, you know, when um, you know a writer like Christopher Cantwell takes on a, a character like Iron Man, you know, and he, it's a... Uh, and to see him doing exactly what he's doing right now. I like to call his run right now like the friendly neighborhood Iron Man. Yeah. And it's it, it, it's so goddamn perfect, man. It, it, it really is. And he, he's nailing down this whole what would Tony Stark do. And I, I have to believe that Christopher Cantwell is also reading textbooks. And um, I don't well, know. Well, the great thing I think, the smart thing that he think he's doing in that book is – 
he is writing the Tony Stark that I grew up loving. And that's, mm-hmm. that is not MCU Tony Stark. Um, no. You know, when when the Iron Man movie was announced in 2008 and they showed that first trailer, I remember a bunch of my friends being like, who cares, Iron Man? And I was the guy that was like, yes, Iron Man, because I'm a big fan of the Kurt Busiek run. And and um, I forget the uh, the writer who created War Machine. Oh, man, I always forget his name. But he did like the early 90s run. And, you know, I always viewed Tony Stark as he's this engineer that when he gets stuck into a situation, he's his mind always says, I'm going to build my way out of it. I can build a thing that can solve the problem, just like an engineer, right? And in the MCU, and I totally understand, and the MCU version of Tony is is great, and he's perfect, but he's not my Tony. Um, yeah. I love watching him, but, you know, they the main feature of the MCU, Tony Stark, is asshole. I'm an asshole ladies' man. That's it. Yeah. It's Robert Downey Jr. walking around, which is yeah. cool, but... And he builds lots of different suits, but I've always missed in the MCU that he's not that, like, here's the problem. How can I build my way out of it? Um, like, that's what I was expecting in, in Captain America Civil War. Like, I was expecting Tony to build a solution to get Cap to, to come back to his side. And instead, he just was like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, I was like, that's not Tony Stark. So uh, th- that's a great thing that I love that, 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 that Chris is bringing uh, back to the book is he's basing him like very much in sort of like an automo like he's obsessed with cars and i'm like yes an engineer is obsessed with cars and tony stark like th- like that's the great thing about the marvel universe and the way that stan designed it too is because all of these uh you know like reed richards astrophysics tony is an engineer hank pym is biomechanics and and so is uh bruce banner as well like they all have different specialities yeah yeah no uh, and it sets uh, once again, and it's not just one character in there that you know the the, the smart writer has to take on. There's so mm. many different characters in this universe where you, not just any writer can take on. And uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, but uh, I, man, I see talking to somebody like you about just comics in general. I feel mm-hmm. like we, we there's no way we could wrap this within like an hour. So we got to <laughs> talk about the thing at hand, man. Because we're talking. I mean, I'm talking to another professional comic book lover. You know, somebody that <laughs> is on the yeah, lo- loves it on the level that I do. Oh man, I could see. I could probably just talk to you about Iron Man for the next hour. I'm we not we can if you some. want. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. We got we 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 got things to talk about. We talked about Jupiter Jet a little bit, but before we get into super best friend sure we got to talk you know you know this man every great creator has an origin story so let's let's talk about your origin story obviously you're not new to comics you're you're somebody Mm. that really truly i mean you're making a career out of this in any way you can Mm -hmm. and uh like i said i really admire and respect the hell out of that it's it it gives people like me hope so um (laughs) Naturally, we need an origin story for you, man. When did this all begin? I would imagine comics had been a part of your life for a long time, right? Yeah, I I discovered comics pretty early on. I don't remember exactly how old I was. I want to say I was like seven or eight or nine, somewhere in there. Um, it was really Death of Superman is what brought me in. Okay. It, uh, I bought a couple comics before then. Like my first comic book ever is Batman 466, which is which I bought um, because Batman was tied to the bottom of a rocket. Like it's a very fa- I still have the issue because I it was the first time where as a kid I needed to figure out how does he get out of that. 
It was the perfect cliffhanger cover. I was like, oh, how I, does that? How does he I escape? I um, see the cover very vividly in my head. Like, I, yeah, I, no, it's I, one I, of the early Tim Drake stories. It's like yeah. right when Tim Drake came on. But I didn't really dive into comic books until Death of Superman. And in the small town gas station near where I grew up, they had the graphic novel of Death of Superman. And I picked it up because I remember Death of Superman when the issue happened, it like made the news. So I was aware of it. And I didn't buy the actual single issues. And I, when I read the trade, and it's that classic trade where it has the John Bogg cover where uh, Lois is like cradling Superman in her arms and stuff like that. It has like a gray strip on the side. I still have that as well. I actually got Dan Jurgens to sign it a couple years ago. And it was all bent in half and stuff. And he looked at it and he was like, boy, you've read this a lot. And I was like, yes, sir. Um, nice. It was the first time where I realized that DC Comics was connected. It was the first time that I realized, like, oh, Batman and Martian Manhunter and Wonder Woman are in Superman's world. Because I always thought they were separate. Because up to that point, I'd only seen, like, the Batman movie or the Batman 66 show or the Superman movie. I had never seen Super Friends. So when I was reading that issue, I got obsessed with these, like, characters' histories and how they connected. And the fact that Robin wasn't, it wasn't Dick Grayson. It was, there, were, there was a third Robin. And I was like, who's the second Robin? Like, what is this? And it just led me down into this, like, love and this passion of this interconnectivity. That, that, that's awesome, man. That, that, that's awesome. Um, at, at what point did, uh, did, did you realize that you wanted this to be your life? You know, did you, did, you did you always have a passion for creating on your own? Or um, I, what, what's the story there? I always had a passion for writing. Uh, I've always written different things. Uh, the problem is, is I've never, until recently, until like the last, I would say six years or so, I haven't been consistent about it. Uh, in college, I wrote short films. I wrote uh, one acts. I had like a one act taken to the uh, Kennedy American Theater Festival. Like I wrote a one act that got all the way there way back in the day. And I would write various novels here and there, but like none of them were good enough to publish and stuff. And it wasn't until I moved out here to Los Angeles in about 2010 where I, I, I figured out like the branding thing. Everybody was like, oh, you got to brand yourself. You got to have a brand. And and I moved to Los Angeles and I was like, you know what? Comic books are my brand. That's what I'm going to do. Superheroes. That's that's the brand. Like superheroes, because I love them so much. And I, I know a lot about the history. I'm going to do it. And I really didn't gain the courage to make a comic book until about 2015 when I first started DCL Access. And because I started talking to other creators and getting their secrets and sort of giving their knowledge and getting their things and, and, and really realizing that it's a lot simpler than you think because we as human beings tend to put more roadblocks in front of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas most creatives will tell you the rope, the only roadblocks that exist are the ones yet, yeah, the ones you put in front of yourself. So just go, go, go. And uh, that's sort of what got me into this idea. I mean, I moved, I moved out to LA to like become a television writer. And I've sort of gotten there through comic books a little bit, okay. <laughs> like sort of a it backwards happens. way. Because, you know, you come out to L.A., you're like, how do I do this thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. And I mean, uh, the, the comic books and, uh, and and Hollywood are pretty much just synonymous with each other now. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're hardly uh, a separate entity anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's... it's it, it is, I mean, it's it's almost a shame to say, but at the same time, you know, congratulations, comics. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it only took you that, that, what eighty awesome. years, sixty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. That's crazy yeah. to think. 
Crazy to think. Just one little stupid fucking movie, and here we are. Comics. <laughs> um, uh, by no means was that Thanks, movie Blade. stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about getting started in the industry. I mean, you, so you, you kind of get the insights and everything, and you, mm-hmm. you get the courage. Yeah. Um, so what, what makes you approach your, your, your creative partner behind Jupiter Jet to pitch Action Lab? And say, hey, we want to do this thing. Uh, so for Jupiter Jet, it was this thing where I was sitting with Ashley and we were in a diner. And she said, I've always wanted to write a character named Jupiter Jet. And I don't know where this came from. Must be like, you know, the perfect mana from the universe or whatever inspiration. She said that. And I immediately said she's a redheaded 16-year-old girl with a jetpack. And she flies around Jupiter immediately. It was the first thing on my, my head. And then so that it was born. And from there, we were like, okay, how do we get to that scene? Which is, you know, what a lot of the volume one is about. And luckily, we got the artist Ben Matsuya, who, who drew Jupiter Jet, who's a fantastic. He did fan art of me. Because at the time, I was on, I was working for Screen Junkies and helping with honest trailers and movie fights and various stuff like that. Because I because I got into the YouTube world like very early on uh, because I knew how to edit and I knew how to produce and I knew how to write. So uh, I hopped on there very early on because it was an easy gig on, at the same time while trying to figure out how do I break into television? How do I do this? And they, uh, Ben drew art of us. And as soon as I saw it, I sent him a message and said, do you draw comic books? Do you have sequentials? And he said, yep. He shared me his samples. And I said to Ashley, we got to hire this guy. So we hired him to draw the first six pages. We had them lettered. We had them colored. And we actually went to, I remember we went to Phoenix Comic-Con because we knew they were going to buy a bunch of publishers there. And we literally showed every publisher there the first six pages. And Action Lab was the only one that gave us a card and was like, well, email us more. And they did. And we went to Kickstarter and you know, the rest is history. And it went to a Ringo nomination. Yeah, no, that that's amazing, mm-hmm. man. So, so talk about, you know, uh, I mean, you you're, you've always been. I mean, for the most part, your professional comic book career, you've been surrounded by other very celebrated um, mm-hmm. creators. But to actually get that first Ringo nomination, you know, you're up there with the same guys that you've been praising. Uh, yeah. Can you, can you describe that feeling at all for anybody out there that's? Uh, you know, any, any other creators out there that are aspiring for this? Because I know that there's a lot of listeners out there that are. Well, okay, I, I can answer that question. Well, I'll tell you the Ringo story, and then I have a, a story that, that fits that question better, I think. Um, uh, so when you get, find out you're Ringo nominated, you find out when everybody else does. <laughs> like, they don't email you and tell you, hey, you're Ringo nominated. Oh, so it's you, your friends telling you that you've been yep, nominated. That's exactly <laughs> right. So it's usually you find out by Twitter or Facebook um, or if you're signed up to, like, the Ringo newsletter. And I remember I had a friend text me and say, like, oh, my God, Drew Jet's Ringo nominated. And I was like, oh, what? Um, and, I, and I saw the email of the mailing list, the Ringo newsletter, and I, which I hadn't opened at that point. Um, and I still have that newsletter. I've saved it. So it's pretty, it's pretty astounding because I will tell you, as you and you know this as well as a podcast creator as well, as a creator of anything, you're always just so thankful that anybody likes what you do. Because, mm. you know, when you don't get the immediate Oscar, because, you know, or whatever that award is to you, um, you're always like, ah, oh, people hate me. Okay. Um, so to get that, you're just like, okay, cool. Like what I'm, what I'm doing is not stupid and a waste of time. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so that's that feeling. Um, when you're looking for the great, I'll tell you the greatest feeling I've ever had in comic books uh, was it was the first year I was working for DC All Access, and I was recording at San Diego Comic Con. And the luckily, the lucky thing about that is that Jupiter Jet Volume One, the the issues were coming out that fall. But we had pitched to Action Lab. We were like, can we do a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive cover? Um, and they were like, sure. And it's actually this issue right here. It's on the screen behind me. It's a Nicholas Scott cover. Oh, uh, and, that, and that was our first San Diego Comic-Con exclusive cover. It's actually the only one we've ever had, actually, now. Because we've had a New York Comic-Con in the San Diego. But th- that comic is the first single-issue comic book I ever had printed. Now, I'd been in some anthologies before that. And I'd been some other stuff. And we knew it was going to be there. And we knew they were going to print 100 copies. And so we were like, oh, man. But DC had me working preview night the entire night. So they were like, you got to do all these interviews. You got to do all these things. And I was like, damn it. I'm not going to be able to get over there and get a copy. Now, luckily, my wife and co-writer ran over there first thing. And so I'm filming stuff. And I'm talking to people and whatnot, whatnot. And uh, I, I can see out of the corner of my eye, my wife got the book. And she's holding it. She's holding it and she comes over and she hands it to me. And I and I kid you not, dude, holding your first printed single issue comic book in your hand, like breaks. I had to like ask the producers, I was like, can we stop? And I literally had a tear roll out of my eye. Oh man, I, I could yeah. I I could only imagine. It's mm-hmm. gotta be the most amazing feeling because uh, It's so I, real, like in your hands, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you put so much into that. I mean, yes, you said it's not as hard as you would imagine to make a comic, but that's that's on the technical aspect as far <laughs> yeah. as, you know, the, the, the you know, actually making something special and getting it all there. Yeah, no, that's uh that that's not an easy thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not. So um man, uh that, 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 that's great to have that that's the that's the point in time when you get to experience that feeling when, when yeah. you get to stop the, you know remember were you inter- were you talking did you have anybody across from you at that point in time that you know you were getting no ready to talk no to? we were like in between we were like waiting for the next person okay um but I do remember like the crew and the producer were all like that's cool man like and they all like were like can I look at it you know so that's, so that's like it was, awesome, it was, man. it was like one of those uh, things. And I will tell you, um, that was also the year. And, and there is a flip, um, and I saw this flip because I would talk to other. I talked to other creators for like the next four days, and most of them, at the end of the interview, were all like, "Hey, man, is your comic over there? How's your how's your comic doing?" Like it, it immediately flipped because it was like it was sort of like the doors open where they were like, oh, now you have made a comic book. Now you are welcomed into the cool uh, Valhalla Club of comic book creators. One of us. One yeah, of yeah, us. Yeah, like exactly. One of us. One of us. Yeah. Oh man. Well, ah, uh, yeah. That, 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 I, I can imagine that that welcoming feeling, just like uh, that, that assurance that you're part of the club. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got to feel good, especially after, you know, like I said, talking to all these people for so long, aspiring to want to be in a position that these 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 other amazing artists are in. So it's uh, yeah, exactly it is. It, 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 it's it always seems like I mean, the mountain always seems impossible. Right. But then when you get there, like it is that great feeling. You're like, oh, wow. OK, cool. Like I always say to people, you know, take a second and think about uh i've heard this phrase which is pretty great which is called be here and what it means is like 
be present where you are. So if you ever get to that point or you ever, you, you publish your first comic book or you put out a great podcast or, you know, you, you, you build the garage, you paint the garage. I'd be like, you know, this thing that you never thought would happen or you build your house, whatever it is. Um, take a second and like, remember it because that moment will never come again. And if you blaze past it, you'll always be, you, you, you have the tendency to be more grumpy, I think. Um, and you want to make sure to remember the positivity. The, uh, I think those are really wise words, for sure. Um, uh, I mean, in, in any aspect in life, but especially when it comes to comics, because... Uh, it's, yeah, it's especially a, it's, comics. It's, especially comics. <laughs> They're very it's hard. It's by far the most important <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> uh, so, man, let's, let's, let's talk about the thing, man. Let's talk about Super Best Friend, right? As we speak right now, it's uh, currently on Kickstarter, correct? That is correct. It is currently on Kickstarter. It is pushing hard. It is funded. Funded in 11 hours, which 11 is 11 hours it was funded, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, it was that fantastic. Is... It was like kind of like a, <gasps> on the first day. Uh, we're pushing towards the second stretch goal right now, which is uh, something I've always wanted to do. It is a foil variant cover. And oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, is it going to be a foil of, uh, you know, the original A cover? Or is it going to be entirely No, it is a art? brand new cover. Uh, Brian Lopez was the variant cover, the artist that I went to. And I had him actually homage a Howard Porter cover that I'm very, uh, that I'm a big fan of because I thought it would look very cool. And Brian, uh, Brian paints. He's a painter. So I thought that would look more interesting in terms of the foil cover. So it's, it, it, I haven't revealed the full image yet. So that's why we're pushing towards the stretch goals uh, to reveal the full thing. But it, it's a mostly black cover with a singular image in the middle that will, I think, make the foil really pop. I love it. I love it, man. I'm, uh, I'm trying to imagine the possibilities. I think I have an idea in my head, but I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> I'm going to keep that to myself. If you guess um, it off because I'm gonna I'm gonna know. push to see it. I am. I'm gonna push <laughs> to see it. I've got the Kickstarter page right here. It's just a matter of me clicking the, uh, clicking the the rewards. Uh, Eleven hours, man. You 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 you. you. <laughs> Jesus. Well, see, this isn't your first rodeo, though. Obviously, you, this That's is your. Correct. Fifth? This is my You've... sixth. No, this is actually sixth. my sixth crowdfunding campaign. Sixth. Yeah. Sixth. I, I did two Indiegogos before I did this one. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So um, I've learned a lot of tips. Um, at the time I did, I started out Indiegogo just because that's what everybody was back then. It's so funny. I say back then it was like 2013, <laughs> 2014. Dude, time flies in comics. Man. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's where everybody was kind of saying that's the place to go over Kickstarter. And now it's interesting because for me, I find that it's flipped. Now it's not, now it's Kickstarter. Um, so I did a, a couple. I actually funded a couple web series over there, and then. Uh, I, I, I've joked about this. If you go look at my Kickstarter projects, the very first Kickstarter that I put out there, I've, we, I did this web series called Squatch Watchers, where a bunch of friends and I were like going to make a web series, a joke comedy web series about looking for a Bigfoot. Um, <sighs> it, it did not fund, thank God. Um, but, <sighs> you know, I learned a lot of lessons from that. And then we've actually funded we kickstarted jupiter jet one and jupiter jet two and science all on kickstarter so super best friend is the newest one it's the first single issue uh i've ever done although the rest of them have been complete graphic novels and i did that because um when i is 48 pages when i reached out to george chemo dies to draw it. i've been a big fan of george for a long time 
He's done. He did the Black Ghost on Comicsology last year, which I've been a big fan of. Um, I gave him the first 48 pages and said, let's see where this goes. Now I've outlined the entire series and this is like what I would call act one of a three act story. So, you know, now because super best friend has funded, um, we're going to go, we're going to do a, a second Kickstarter campaign and a third Kickstarter campaign and it'll all be 48 page issues. Um, nice. and then if they all do really well, I'd love to do a hardcover cause I've never done a hardcover before this. So, so, I, I, I kind of I did the story for my Patreon at first, and this it's the story. It's very much a take on Jimmy Olsen. It's very much a take on Superman, um, and it's basically uh, it's about Maddie Moore, who is the best friend of the world's greatest superhero, who is Captain Terrific, who is a character that I've kind of whipped out for Superman analogs and various other stories, and I plugged him into this story. And he seemed to work out, and Maddie Moore live streams all of the superheroes of the world, all the superhero villains of the world. And he's, he's become internet famous. The super villains hate him and he loves it. He's the ultimate super fan. And one day he accidentally live streams to the entire world, Captain Terrific's secret identity. Oh. And so the whole story is about how does he put that genie back in the bottle? And, and Maddie Moore will have to go from just being a super best friend to being a superhero. He's going to have to make that journey over the, over the, the 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 arc of this story and I, I had made this comic book for my patrons originally and i was sitting on this last year and through my lovely wife ashley's suggestion and through george's suggestion they were just like why don't we just kickstart it and so we brought it to kickstarter just to be like well if it funds we'll make more <laughs> and it did so we're making more <laughs> ah. well that answered that question real quick and fast yep. man i mean shoot you didn't even get through lunch before before yeah. you, you you realize what the next step was, that's that's got to feel amazing. Yeah, um, it's really good because I, I I know what the last scene of this book is, and it is a crazy. I call it a bonker scene. Uh, I've told it to a couple of friends of mine, and some people are like, "Oh, I really like that." Um, and so now I'm excited that we're gonna get there. We're gonna get to that scene because I'm like, "Oh, this is so good." Um, and some of the ideas, like I want to do for issue two are are very marvel man inspired and uh very you know like i started this story very much in the silver age like mixing modern fandom in the store in the silver age and as we move forward through the story it's going to modernize a little bit more nice man oh i love it my my, my brain is uh it, it's steaming with possibilities of where this could, <laughs> this could go i'm i'm, I'm uh no um i don't know if we've, we've mentioned this yet but this is actually a, a book for uh the, the the younger readers or is this in all ages how would you describe this, this so so super best friend is is i would say it's not an all ages book but um all ages can read it so with science and jupiter jet we were like this is specifically for all ages like this is for kids this is, this is mainly for kids but for super best friend this is just for the superhero fan um really? oh, awesome, the, yeah the, the straight up superhero fan um there there is some violence in it but nothing that any five-year-old couldn't take but super best friend has a different tone and it's a little bit i would say it's a little bit more mature um and it, and, it, and it asks a little bit more of its audience than I than a normal all ages book would ask. Gotcha, gotcha. But say, I mean, if one were mature enough to you know be reading Ninja Turtles right now, exactly. This, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. If you're reading, if you're reading, I would even say Naomi, or you were reading Lumberjanes, or you were even reading. Um, I'm trying to 
pulled something else out there. Uh, if you read Superman Smashes the Clan, you you are more than mature enough to read this story. Oh, perfect, yeah. awesome, man. That's exciting. That's that, that's definitely exciting to know that it is. You know, for the most part, an, an all ages type of um, mm. read. I mean, anybody can read it essentially. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just like it's a, there's there's some stuff, and I hope people catch on to this. Like there. There's there's two levels to Super Best Friend, and this is on this is on purpose. There is this very surfacey, silver agey superhero story, but underneath there's a lot of commentaries and a lot of stuff I'm leaving open to interpretation. Now I am definitely having the characters give interpretations, but the conclusion of the story I'm very much leaving to the reader. So it's very much like this is gonna be sort of an examination of modern superhero fandom. This is going to be an examination of how we look at celebrity and how we look at superhero movies. Um, you know, there is a gag that is inspired by, I remember um, when they released the initial, some of the pictures of the Zack Snyder Justice League, uh, the black Superman suit. And it was interesting to see like Twitter kind of explode on either side to, to be, Oh, that's not the that's not the real Superman costume. That's not Superman. Or or other people would be like, he's got to be in the red and blue. Any black suited Superman is is not not Superman. In Super Best Friend, in issue two, there's specifically a scene where Captain Terrific is going to put on a different costume, and his superhero fans are going to half of them are going to be like, "You're not Captain Terrific," and the other half are like, "Oh, I I like this suit." Oh, I love it. I love that you're playing into like actual fandom mm-hmm. into it as yeah. well and kinda kinda breaking some walls, if you will. But at the yes. same time yeah. Nah, that, that, that's great. But I mean it, it suits you well too, as somebody that, you know, is an actual obvious, real true life fan of the industry yeah. and you know, a, a member of the, 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 the media. So I mean you you, you know you know <laughs> yeah, better is... than anybody how toxic uh the, any any type of change could be in comics um yes yeah and it's so funny because you know they always say write what you know and when i first started the story i just did it for fun i just did it because i was like oh this will be fun like to play on these these archetypes and these tropes and these flavors and about halfway through it i you know i was saying to myself well this has nothing to do with my life this this is not even close and then as i've prepped the kickstarter (laughs) i was like oh this is this is exactly what my life was when I was working at DCL Access. Like, this is the, the most, you know, like, this is definitely an allegory for, like, my time on DCL Access. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. See, that right there in itself, its own kind of uh, um, autobiography. We can kind yeah. of get a little... It's uh, sort of subconsciously, in- like, turned into that. Ah, nice, Mellow. Inside mm-hmm. baseball. I like yeah. it. I like it. Um, so, uh, I mean, you say, you say you plan on going, uh, three 48 page mm-hmm. I- issues with this particular story here. Yes. Um, uh, do, do you, uh, did, are, are you completely engulfed in the, uh, the superhero realm or do you plan on taking indie comics in any other type of direction at all as a creator and getting your foot wet in another genre or, uh, I will say I am, yeah, because I'm, I'm one of those writers that's really bad about uh, sticking to type. I'm not good at that. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on another comic book right now that is very gritty, very violent, very much about um, 
for lack of a better term, super soldiers. And I, I say that as a person who wrote a book called Super Soldiers, but still, uh, <laughs> it is because, you know, because I, I was in the military and this is very much my sort of take on kind of a Frank Castle-like character because it's a question I get asked a lot about, like, what are my thoughts on Frank Castle? And um, I'm very much in the loose format. I don't know where that's going to go or where it's going to be. Um, um, but also, it's funny, I'm writing a actually like a, a sort of military uh, science fiction pilot as well, a television pilot right now. So it's very much so, yeah, my world is not all superheroes. Like, like I ha- kind of have three different worlds. I kind of have like the super best friend, like, yay, superheroes. And then I have like this dark, gritty, like, I'm going to punch you in the face. And then over here, it's like, don't shoot the alien. So it's like kind of all over the place right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, see, that was to me, that's that's. The, the the perfect answer it shows yeah. a, a a vast range of creativity and yeah. i think uh you know i think when you're just getting into you know creating comics uh you know potential new readers they, these are good things for them to know to know you know the, the, you you do this and then eventually you'll do that as well and um, yeah well i will say depending on the kickstarters and depending on the reaction i did specifically design the other characters in super best friend that to all have spinoffs. Um, and when I say that captain terrific in the book, he's part of this justice league type team that's called the assembly and there's four other members. And I specifically created backstories for all four of the members that, um, if super best friend blows up, I could write a book about each of these other characters. Um, and I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait to see. Like again, like all of Super Best Friend is very much like I'll put it out there. Let's see how everybody likes about it, and then that'll determine whether I keep going on with it. So, um, whereas Super Best Friend is very specifically the end of Maddie and Captain Terrific story, like they will have a definite conclusion. Now, it doesn't mean that they couldn't show up some other places, but like I think them starring the book is will be done um, after Super Best Friend. But the other characters could totally like have their other things. Like one of them is called, um, and this is a very superhero inspired. Uh, one of them is called the machine Marine. Um, okay. And I, she is like, kind of like one of these characters. She is kind of like a character that I had from a screenplay. Like I was writing sort of a screen and I still might, cause I think she's such a great idea, but like, she's the one that I think I would probably do next. If, People are like, "Oh, what's the deal with this character?" You know, she's um, got a badass name. I can give you that right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and that you can tell where I'm pulling from that one as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, super best friend for now scratches my my superhero itches, and then I'm scratching the other writing itches with other things. If that answers your question, I don't know. No, it, it, it does. <laughs> it, it, no, that's that's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to see what 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 the future is for all of this. Um, uh, now, as Super Best Friend, is this uh, going to go to Action Lab as well, or are you still shopping this around on other labels? Or I, I will say this right now. As of right now, I am not sending Super Best Friend to any publisher. Right now, Super Best Friend is only a Kickstarter thing. Now, um, I have a publisher in mind. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but I'm not even going to consider sending it to them Unless they inquire independently and any publishers out there listening, please come on. Um, Mm. But for right now, this is only a Kickstarter comic book. Um, I only want to deal with the people that come to Kickstarter. Um, Now, once we wrap up all three campaigns, um, I'm going to send it to the publisher that I, that I, uh, that I have in mind and we'll see. Um, But I will say like all the variant covers 
will only be on Kickstarter. Um, I'm not giving any of the variant covers to the publishers. Like, the, the, this was my comic specifically because, again, this is you know my sixth crowdfunding campaign. This is very much my. I only want this to be for you guys, right See, now. That that I respect because all too often, you know, I back a lot of Kickstarters mm-hmm. and I think, okay, well, I'm doing this because you know, I, for one, I, you know, I believe in the project, um, but two, I really want that thing, especially because I can only get it supposedly right now. Yeah. And then it comes out, and then all these other people have the thing. I'm like, well, this is supposed to be a Kickstarter exclusive type yeah. of thing. Well, and, and I and I totally understand. Like, and I've done that as I've done that. We did that with Jupiter Jet, and I will say, like, um, we ran into a little bit of problem with that with with Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, and specifically because of COVID nineteen. Um, because what now? Well, I don't. I don't. I'm well, so yeah, COVID? yeah. What, what's this COVID nineteen? <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or or COVID twenty one, as we might call it. We might yeah. rename it. Um, we, we were supposed to have the Kickstarter copies out way ahead of the retailers, way ahead. Like they would have had it six months ahead, but then COVID hit and it kept delaying and delaying and Mm -hmm. delaying and delaying so that by the time we were finally able to get the books for the backers, the backers got it the same week it came out in the stores. Now that's the only campaign that's ever happened, but like. And this was a little bit out of our hands, but I, I totally understand that feeling. And, and I agree with you that like the Kickstarter experience is, should be like exclusive and specific because like those are the fans. There's no middleman. There's no publisher. There's no retailers. Like you're giving it directly to the people that want to support you. And that, and so for now, that's why I'm doing that with super best friend, especially to be like, look, I'm not even no public. I'm not emailing any publisher for this until like we're done. Yeah. No, that, that that's awesome, man. That's awesome. That that's really commendable too, because it's 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 got to be super tempting knowing that you have something that's obviously people want to see. Because you know that's the beautiful thing about Kickstarter yeah. is that the crowd speaks for itself. You know the fans speak. Um, so to, to to be able to have that type of restraint to hold back before you uh, submit to, which would probably be Scout Comics. Um, uh, <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, Scout, come talk to me, but that's not the one I have in mind. Really? Oh yeah, man, yeah. I see. I, I see this as. Oh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, Scout just have public, this uh, so. ultra respect for Scout. Anytime I see this this golden project, I'm like, ah, it mm. needs to go to Scout because Scout <laughs> to me is. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's it's a good thing when I pitch Scout. Believe me. Um, <laughs> no, no, I know. Yeah, they're they are a great company. Yeah. Oh, well, one of my favorites mm. by far, man, by far. Um, so, uh, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, well, we got, yeah, we got a couple minutes here. Do you want to give, uh, any handy tips to, um, uh, any, any up and coming, uh, Kickstarter creators out there? Any tips and tricks, I guess, because you are somebody that has a pretty, pretty amazing success rate. Um, and I think it would be a complete waste of an hour if somebody like yourself didn't leave, at least give some sort of tip. Uh, well, number one, I'll, I'll say this. Um, if you're thinking about, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about running a comic book Kickstarter, um, ask for advice because the worst you'll get is no answer, which is what is, which puts you in the exact place you were before. But when I was starting out, I emailed Greg Pak and I emailed Jimmy Palmiotti and got some tips from them. Um, so they're going to tell you something you would have never thought about before. Um, The two main things to remember is number one, it's more important to fund than to not. 
And the biggest mistake that I see creators do on Kickstarter is they set their goal way too high. Yeah. Way too high. Um, and they don't even come close to reaching it. It's more important to set your goal low and to fund because Kickstarter works on a snowball effect. But the idea that like when you do the first campaign, you, you get a little bit of following. You do the second Kickstarter campaign, you ask for a little bit more, you get a little bit more, you get a little bit more. And every project grows. You're growing that fan base. Um, again, it's the reason why Super Best Friend funded in 11 hours. It's the fastest Kickstarter I've ever had. It's because people on Kickstarter know that if I launch a comic book, one, it's always going to fulfill, and two, it's going to be something interesting. Uh, like yeah. I take care of my backers, so they keep coming back. Um, but when you're starting out, you don't have that. You need to grow that pool. So I would always say, like, what is your break-even number? And then maybe even consider thinking about investing yourself and lowering a little bit more. Now, not too much. Like, you don't go broke. Don't go broke over a Kickstarter project. Don't ever go broke over a Kickstarter project. Um, but when we did the first Jupiter Jet, we came up with that break break-even number, and then we lowered it by a thousand because we were like, okay, if that thousand makes the difference between our funding, we can pay for that out of our own pocket. We will invest that in our own book. We will invest the thousand. Um, and luckily we overfunded. So we didn't even have to invest. It, it was great. It, like, it, it paid off. Now that might not always happen, but I would really consider like break even number. And then like, how much are you willing to put in? Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, and this is one of the great things, is that before you launch, um, email at least 10 friends or family members. Show them the campaign. If you're specifically doing a comic book, let them read the comic book before the campaign launches and then flat out ask them if they will donate day one. Yeah. Um, and we call this our action team. So what that does is, is that well, your first three days are your most important days. And if you can, there's something in the Kickstarter algorithm where if you can like raise a lot of money in day one, the Kickstarter algorithm bot will notice you and it will fast track you to getting a project we love. Now you want to get a project we love, that little branding on Kickstarter, because if you're a product we love, that means that in all the emails, and all the other algorithms and where people are searching the site, Kickstarter is more likely to recommend your project, which brings in more eyeballs and more money. Uh, what, what I found most of the time on our action team, and I've had it, we've had like this, we basically have had the same people over the four, like we have these group of friends that are like, just like, yeah, I'm there. I'm there day one. I'm there. Awesome. I, well, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a really smart tactic that I can't say I've actually anybody's mentioned that before on this show. When, when, well, you're going to most people. What happens is that like when their campaign doesn't fund in the first three days, they're going to those same people and be like, please, please. You, and you, you never want to come off like you're desperate or you're begging. You want to come to them and be like, I made this really cool thing. I'm super passionate about it. I'm just asking you to like make the initial, I'm at, I'm, you're, I'm coming to you like an angel investor. I know this is going to work. It's going to fund your little bit is just going to help sweeten the pot. Yep. 
Yep, and no, and God forbid, worse comes to worse, it doesn't. Then they're out yeah. nothing. You know that's exactly. The yeah, thing. and you can say that to them as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wise tactic for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, coming, coming from a master like yourself, man. This, uh, I, I love it. I love it. Um, before we wrap this up, I, I have to ask. Um, you, you obviously have a passion and love in this industry at this point in time, being somebody that's on the, the media side that mm -hmm. has a, already a pretty nice following and uh, is now considered a goddamn comic book creator yourself. Like you've, you, you <laughs> can I keep the goddamn the in front of that? For sure. I'm going to put that on resumes. I love it. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, <laughs> What what where, where, what do you want your legacy to be at this point? You've 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 seen so many different sides of this industry, mm -hmm. um, and obviously you want you want your name stamped on this industry in some way, shape, or form. It'd be obscene, to, absurd to think that that wasn't the case because anybody with the passion like yourself has, and myself, yeah, absolutely, we want. Brian did comics on our tombstone, you know. Jason did comics in some way, shape, or form. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, what do you, what do you want to be known most for? Oh, it's so funny. Um, I don't, I don't really have an answer for that. Um, because I consider it a win if you read my story and it makes you smile, cry, or, or you just you get something out of it. You feel when you're reading one of my stories. Like, I consider that a win. And so for, in a lot of ways, I consider that's my legacy. I, um, I just want to look back in my life in like 20, 30 years and say, oh, yeah. I, I don't ever want to look back and say, oh, man, I wish I had done that thing. Or I, I, I should have written that holographic coloring book or, mm. or, or that novel. Um, I don't really have like a, a, a you know like a nomenclature that i want to like that i want other people to view me as i just i just want to think that i did it all or i did all the things that interested me you know um which is why like the foil cover where i'm like i've never done a foil cover so here we go or that's why super best friend is building to a hardcover because i've never had a hardcover so i'm gonna make it um you know I, I always think it's more important what you view yourself than what other people see you as. Like, mm. you know, um, you know, like Dan Jurgens is the ultimate Superman creator, like in a lot of ways. Like you're like, that guy is always going to be known for Superman. I, so I don't really have that legacy. I just want people to be like, man, he makes good stories. And that's it. See, I, I, no, I think that's a fine answer. Mm -hmm. I really do. To, to, to be known for, you know, stories that make people feel. I, I think mm -hmm. that's a... Uh, I, I, I think that's important. I think that's really the reason why anybody should get into this mm -hmm. industry is to make other people feel. With me as a podcaster, it's to make people, uh, I mean, experience something new. You know, try to give uh, an unsuspecting reader a book that they would have otherwise without me have yeah. not a clue about. Expose something you, know, you love through conversation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just and because I know what a, a book can make one feel okay, potentially. Yeah, right. So, um, no, and I, we I, all I totally know that understand. feeling, right? Like we all know that feeling when you're reading that book or that comic oh. book and you're just like, wow, you know, it's man, I, 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 
I bring home so many comics. I am the ultimate Wednesday warrior. I could say that you know my pull list is through the world's largest comic book store, and my I'm I'm a top five. You know, so I mean I, I you're a top home... five customer of that store. Yeah. Wow. Um, I argue that I'm top three. I've yet to meet the other two people in between me and. And you're uh, willing to fight them in the parking lot if you see them. Oh no, I'm just, man, I'm I kidding. can't I'm wait. Joking. No fighting. <laughs> no fighting. There's enough comic fandom for everybody. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. I want to shake their hand, man. Yeah. Because to uh, to out by me is a feat. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but do you own Marvel that, stock? Because you should. <laughs> I, I, shit, they should. Yeah, I, I really should. To be yeah, honest, you should be in like the elite stockholders group, man. <laughs> oh man, like I, I'm the reason uh, like Modoc still being printed and stuff because I have like 37 <laughs> different variants for Mo. Not that Modoc's not brilliant and perfect. Yeah. It's just yeah. not the book. That, you know, it's not a. Um, a, a casual fan. No, book, no, no, it's no. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm the reason why they brought Hawkeye back to print from going digital only. Let's put it that way. Like, I, I'm, I'm one of those types of readers. Oh, nice. Um, well, but, God uh, bless you, man, because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm I've been rambling. going more and more digital, especially with, with the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I was, dude, I, I, bought, a, I bought a tablet out of fear. Of yeah, everything I did. I was like, you know what? Uh, the, the, the tablet people are going to know yeah, yeah, if yeah. comics go away and they're going to skyrocket the prices of tablets. <laughs> I, I, I was prepared, but thankfully, things the, yeah, the boat out. isn't quite as uh, wavy yeah. anymore. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh, man. I don't remember where I was going with that whole rambling with the mile high and all that, but it, we're, we're beyond all that. This is, uh, um, I. I, 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 I really do feel like I could talk to somebody like you all day, knowing that you are the, the fan that I am. I guess that's probably what I was getting to is I'm, I'm, I'm a super fan like, like yourself. And, yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I just, I just want to know all of this stuff, man. I, I want to ingest it all. I want to be, uh, I don't know, man. It's, and it's, that's the I, pure joy of like comic books, man, like is, and I've said this, I've had this theory for a very long time. There, I think the reason why, comic books have like endured and i think the reason why comic books like still connect to this day is because i think they're the closest we have to those ancient cave drawings that tribes and and neanderthals would have because you know when the new person would come in and you'd be like look at my story of uh deer deer meets buffalo and then they go over here and and the person's like oh i've never heard deer deer meets buffalo wow and i think it is just involved into that because you know we didn't know what screens were for hundreds of thousands of years hundreds screens have only existed for like a hundred years now 120 years now maybe yeah, if not even that like not the, even that but yeah. like the moving image you know of like even looking in the the the, the old motorola uh or moviola as they would call it back in then so it's been like maybe like a hundred years 120 years but we've always had here is art that sort of moves yeah. And that's what comic books are. And I think that's yeah. the reason why they like still connect. I, I love it. I've, I've never thought of it in that sense, you know, to where comic books are essentially, essentially just captioned hieroglyphics. Yes. Um, yeah. But God, man, that, that, that blows my mind to think about it and put it in that perspective, you know, you know. because who knows if, you know, they'll be printing anything on paper a hundred years from now. Yeah. You know? who, who knows? I mean, I, I don't think that'll go away. I think it'll become more specialty or it'll become more uh, niche. 
Um, See, I don't that's think where I'm with you for sure. Yeah, I don't I, think it's going to go away entirely, but I, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be just make it all the more, just, like I said, niche and collectible. And yeah, it could go, it could get to a point where like it would not surprise me at all. Where at a certain point where they put out a trade, one of the big two, they put out a trade, and they're like, "We're only printing two thousand copies, so <laughs> first come, first serve." You know, yeah. click, 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 and it's like Mondo posters. You know, everybody's like, click, 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 click. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Bitcoin nerds are now uh, focusing on either their machines on uh, getting first in line on yeah. Diamond to be able to purchase the the auto clickers, <laughs> the one of twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't think they'll ever go away. But I do. I mean, all you have to do is look at the medium, right? It, it's 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 ridiculous to assume that they're not going to go more and more digital. You know, just when you look at print and when you look at books or, you know, and, and, and that is the big thing of the industry. And that's one of the advantages that Kickstarter has. It's like, you know, to play in that marketplace or to play in that medium, you got to you got to come up with different ways. You know, like Kickstarter is the advantage of Kickstarter is that I can print a thousand copies of Super Best Friend and give them literally, literally mail them to the people who actually want them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I find that, that that's also one of the great things about Kickstarter, too, is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's there's a really good chance that the, the creator actually handled your book. And, yeah. you know, that's what sure I love about it. it. Oh, dude, I always do this thing. And there's a joke about it in my Kickstarter video. Um, I put trading cards. I love it. I, I always I buy it. trading cards and I will throw them. And so you never you might get a Star Trek trading card. Uh, I bought a bunch of DC superhero ones for this one. Um, and they're like from the 1990s. Uh, um, so I, I'll throw trading cards. And I also do the thing too, where like, if I recognize your name from a previous campaign, I will write you a personalized message. Oh man. Um, See, that's, that's part of that's it. Amazing. Like I always fulfill my campaigns because, so I can do stuff like that. that, that that's amazing. And I, I know I, I just, uh, when, when I receive that type of, you know, just personal care package from mm -hmm. uh, Kickstarter, I mean, it, it makes me. I mean, I, I, I can't even explain it. It's just uh, you feel that much closer to the creator. You know, you, yeah. you really do feel like the creator really is extremely grateful for you taking the 25 bucks or whatever. I am, man, your... because I know it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter whether you're a doctor, lawyer, or, or you know, you're making Marvel Cinematic Universe money. You know, $25 is a lot. That's a meal. That's a meal. That's a meal for one person at most restaurants. I mean, I know mm -hmm. they're, you know, hey, some people are fancier than, than I am. But, you know, <laughs> if I'm going down to the Chili's down the street, 25 bucks is going to get me a pretty good meal. Uh, <laughs> so I realize that I'm asking you to not eat for one meal, to give me money for a superhero comic book. So, like, I am eternally grateful. <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, and it... No, I, we understand the, the the gratitude for sure. Yeah. But I also look at it as this way: I, I'm I'm the first person to go. Well, this meal in less than 24 hours is literally going to be shit. This book, <laughs> <laughs> this book might go be on shit. No. And, <laughs> <laughs> the chances of this book being shit are <laughs> astronomically smaller. I mean, <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, no. Um, I I. I, I <laughs> I, I understand. I, I really yeah. do. I know what you guys put into it, and for you guys to, on top of actually making the book, um, make sure that you put the care into packaging it and those little personalized statements. It it says so much for you. you your your team as creators and uh, just human beings and you know, characters in the real world as well. So yeah. I mean, it's it, it. 
it's very appreciated. So know that you haven't had cons to go to for people to actually tell you that this last year. No, so not at all. That right now. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, uh, I have one last question. I've, Shoot. I've been itching, and you, you don't have to take a lot of time on this at all if you don't want to. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, you've, you've, you, I'm, I'm gonna say it again. You've interviewed some. Some uh, silver squirrels in our time. <laughs> okay. Yep. 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 Uh, silver uh, squirrels. Some, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds nice. Some some um, bronze snakes. There we go. There all we right. go. Uh, of all the people you talked to, was there was there one where you just really didn't want the conversation to end? I don't want to say necessarily your favorite, but there was one where you're just so in tuned into talking to this person, the moment just never needed to end. It, have, have you had that experience? Yes, I, I, I've had that with, with, with several people, but the one that really stands out to me, and it's because he was such a nice gentleman, and it's because he doesn't live in America, so he doesn't come over here that often. Oh, I know um, well, a lot of people think, I don't know a lot of people, uh, it's, it's Brian Hitch, actually. Really? It's, Brian Hitch was oh, such a gentleman, and he was so nice, and I interviewed him when he was starting on his Justice League run where he'd just come over to DC. And I brought my copy of The Ultimates and The Authority. That's, and that's awesome. I, you know, it's always one of those things when you bring a creator the thing that they're not currently working on and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, maybe, you know, is it right bringing a Marvel comic book into the DC Comics offices? Mm -hmm. And he was lovely. We, we, we did like a 20 minute interview and then he stuck around for like another 20 minute and like flipped through the authority and, uh, and, and the ultimates and like gave me a behind the scenes. And he was like, Oh, this was like, this was the day my wife went into labor and this was this. And, and that's why I did that. And Oh, I would redraw that panel if I could. And he was such an amazing man and so nice and so lovely. And I, I, I bet, were you thinking I was going to say Grant Morrison? Actually, I thought you were going to say Tom Taylor. Oh, Tom is, but well, look, Tom is lovely and he gives the best hugs in comics. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, uh, Tom is, <laughs> he Tom looks is like a, a hugger, man. He looks like he's a, a he will hug man. you. He will hug you hard too. Uh, he's a, he's a hugging Wolverine, that man. Uh, he's lovely. Uh, Grant Morrison also is lovely as well. Uh, uh, but I haven't had that many interactions with him, but Grant Morrison yeah. is a, is a lovely gentleman as well, but Grant Morrison lives in LA. So, uh, I tend to see him in a lot of things when the world was open. Yeah, oh, those were the days. <laughs> Whereas those Brian, days. I've only seen once. See, I didn't. The surprise in my voice when you said Brian Hitch was, I'm like, I didn't think he'd be all that. That's not what I. I didn't realize that he was. He was from across the pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lives. Yeah, he lives in around London or whatever. So he hardly ever comes to America or to oh, any shit. American cons. Huh. Wow. Well, I'm yeah. gonna have, definitely keep my eyes peeled when I do see him pop up. Hopefully, he, he makes it across here. He's also this is my deep cut. He's also like a super Star Trek nerd, and I am too. So, uh, I mean, literally on my desk as I'm talking to you is this metallic Enterprise D that oh, I've had man. since I was five. So, that's you know, incredible. Like, yeah. So talking talking to Star Trek, and he designed some of the ships for the J.J. Abrams Star Trek 2009 movie. So I got to like oh, wow. pick his brain about that. It was fat. He he is an extraordinary comic book creator, and he's a lovely gentleman. Uh, well, I, I I can't wait to find out if he's a lovely gentleman for myself, but I can vouch for the <laughs> fact that he's an extraordinary comic book creator. That's yes, for damn yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Jason Inman, this this really has been an absolute pleasure. Um, this I, was fun, I'm, Brian. 
I, I had a blast. I did. Um, I, I look forward to you reaching out for anything at all, any time at all you ever want to come on this show, Jason. You, you, everybody, you heard he gave me his permission. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, permission granted, absolutely. Um, live now on Kickstarter, Super Best Friend. Just go to Kickstarter, search Super Best Friend. Uh, or you can go to superbestfriendcomic.com. There you that's go. another that's Kickstarter tip. That's a that's a that's a really quick Kickstarter tip I'll give you. Buy the URL that points people directly to your page. Beautiful. See, that's perfect, man. That's perfect. I've only seen that one or two other times too outside. Well, of this. we did that because when we when we did our first Kickstarter, it was always we yeah we had to be like go to Kickstarter and search, or you have mm-hmm. to be like bit.ly slash slash last mm-hmm. lowercase x y you know, and you're like no 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 just buy the URL, have it forward. So yeah, for this one, it's super best friend comic and the comic is important dot com nice yeah nice um social media tags everybody already knows how to find you but just in case there's somebody one of my listeners living under a rock shout it sure. out for him brother uh you can find me uh on twitter and instagram and youtube at jawin and that's j-a-w-i-i-n it's the first two letters of all three of my names jason william inman awesome awesome all right, man. Well, I, I really do look forward very much to our next conversation. I do, too, um, and I, I am I'm looking uh, forward to the new comics on the wall as well next time I, co- oh, I show yeah, up. No, they, oh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to showing off some new comics. As we spoke, <laughs> I heard a crash behind me, and I see that actually one of the... Uh, one of the little liners somehow like came down. So oh boy, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was try- I didn't want to look over and see what that was. Man overboard, yeah. right? Yeah, something <laughs> fell. Comics are fine though. Comics are fine. Yeah. Um. Uh, you stay safe out there, man. We'll, we will definitely be in touch. Same to you, man. And this it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, thank you. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, Links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Well, there you have it. Another creator has been cornered. Another episode in the books. This has been episode 281, and that was Jason Inman. How about that guy, huh? Once again, Kickstarter. Super best friends. Super Best Friends is the book that you want to search on Kickstarter. Follow Jason Edman. If you're not already before, I'm pretty sure he already has all of the followers. Um, but uh, <laughs> check him out, man. Check him out. Uh, I very much enjoyed chatting with him. Uh, I look forward to his book. And uh, I look forward to your feedback on all of this. The book, the, the episode, all of that stuff. Leave that feedback in iTunes under a five-star review. Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, cheers to comics, just do it, just do it, I'm not going to beg you this time, Uh, just trust me, it's super important and you should do it, and then head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics, you can catch this podcast again if you want without any ads or anything like that, Um, yeah man, just raw, over on Patreon along with abundance of other Creator Corner episodes that will soon hit the, uh, 
hit the hit the podcatchers, but when is to be determined. But the fact is, they're raw, they're uncut, they're ready to go. Um, yep, Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Uh, thanks so much again for tuning in. I'll catch you again in the middle of the week when we're talking highlights. Stay safe, read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Ah, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast.